In the world of travel, things are constantly changing. There's always something to learn about the places we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations, a podcast designed for students of travel. What's going on, my friends? This is DBE, and I'm your host, Stevie G. Welcome to 2021. We finally made it. If you are listening to this episode on the release day, it is January 1 of the new year. So happy new year, and let's hope that we can all travel more this upcoming year. Make sure that no matter where you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, etc., go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. You can also get more DBE by visiting the website, dbetravel.com, where you'll find the entire episode library, some insightful travel blogs, and more. DBE is also on Facebook and Instagram, so make sure to give the show a like and a follow on those as well. My friend Anne LaRue from Travel Anywhere is back on the show to talk about an awesome trip she took a few years back to ring in the new year. Super fitting, right? Anne and her awesome travel-loving family visited Jackson Hole, Wyoming, a place you might not associate with the party scene of ringing in the new year, but it certainly is a unique and beautiful place to visit. And in Jackson Hole, they have a really special tradition to welcome the new year, which I will let Anne talk about. So let's get to it. Here is my interview with Anne. And welcome back to Destinations Beyond Expectations. Thanks so much for coming back and being actually the first guest in 2021, which I think we all are hoping is going to be a better year than 2020. Thank you. Definitely excited to be back here on the show. And yes, I think we can all agree that 2021, um, we have lots of hope for it. So (laughs) don't let us down, I guess. Um, But excited to talk about this uh, topic today and, uh, you know, continue, continue the conversation about travel. Perfect. So today is actually New Year's Day, right? Is that Friday, I think. Yes. We're recording this in early December, but today is New Year's Day. Um, And you took a really cool New Year's trip yourself a few years back. Where did you go? Yeah, I definitely did. Um, We went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming for New Year's. So not your typical New Year's Eve destination uh, with, you know, with all the lights and the, you know, I don't know, partying and that sort of thing. But um, it definitely had a very unique twist to it. And I'm excited to talk about that. And it was a lovely time to go to that destination. Perfect. Well, let's get to it. Let's jump to day number one. Day one. Awesome. So day number one, um, we actually were coming from a sort of a different vacation in Arizona. So it was actually a pretty easy flight up to Wyoming. Um, so got in pretty early in the morning. Um, we checked into our hotel and we were staying at the historic Wart Hotel in downtown Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Um, and so this was a very, um, you know, historic hotel, definitely kept its charm um, from, you know, years ago hundreds of years ago when it was first established um right in the middle of downtown uh jackson and it was a really great location um you know great people they had a restaurant located on the side of it as well so um we definitely were happy with that location and it was a good choice for sure So um, after that, we jumped right into the trip. Um, We actually changed into what we thought were ski clothes. Um, It was our first time ever skiing as a family. Um, No one in your had no one in your family skied. So I think 
I think my parents might have maybe when they were in college or a little bit younger, but I think that they, you know, definitely needed some uh, needed some pointers, I think, since then. <laughs> so, um, And my sister and I, I mean, we played a college sport, so we really couldn't take that risk of, you know, um, you know, trying hopefully not getting injured. But, you know, there's always that risk. So, um, yeah, so we were excited and um, we actually headed over to the Snow King Ski Resort, which is um, Jackson, right in Jackson Hole, um, right at the base of the mountain in downtown now there is a whole um it's called the grand teton village and that's actually um more of a ski town village that's i think it's about 20 minutes outside of jackson but that's where you go if you want to stay in the whole ski resort and you're right by the lifts and that sort of thing this one is a little bit more just a not tourist but touristy but just a little bit more centrally located Um, but it was a great place to learn how to ski. We took a lesson and, um, kind of got our, got our pointers, I guess. Uh, all I remember is French fry and pizza. That's what they told me about how you should place your skis so that you can, you know, stop and go forward. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with those terms or not. Well, I know what those terms mean in food. Like exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So it made me hungry, obviously when we were, when we were learning. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was actually, you know, interesting how the way your skis are positioned and, um, you know, it was all news to us so we were definitely pretty sore and tired after that and really wanted some pizza and french fries well, but... <laughs> how, did, how did you do though like skiing were, were you a natural was it a little tough like... i mean i don't know if i would say natural but i think that you know i hope to think that i'm a little bit of an athlete and so i picked it up pretty quickly um it was actually for me it was weird it was easier to do um like we had to weave in and out of cones at one point and i thought that was easier than just like going in a straight line um, you know, I felt like I had more control cause you could kind of stop and, um, turn a little bit, um, slower than just going straight down the, the slope. So, um, you know, that was really, that was really it. We took about an hour or two lesson and we thought about doing another day of skiing. And then we also thought about that nobody got injured and maybe we should just, you know, take that as our one and no win and <laughs> not, not push it too much in this, in this vacation. But I'm definitely, you know, looking this year to plan another ski snow vacation. So, um, that'll be stay tuned for that. So, um, Ooh. yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, so yeah. So after that, um, uh, like I said, we were, we were pretty hungry. So I think we probably did pick up some, uh, some pizza and French fries or some sort. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then we headed back into town. Um, and, uh, you know, after a long day of traveling and skiing, um, you know, we enjoyed an amazing dinner that night. Um, it's, it's funny. We actually all ordered seafood, um, even though we were, uh, you know, in the middle, you know, in a landlocked state because they actually have freshwater fish that flow through the Snake River, which is, um, the, the river that flows right near Jackson. Um, and, you know, ironically, the name of the restaurant we went to was the Snake River Grill. So, um, you know, named accordingly, but, uh, yes, we enjoyed some rainbow trout. Um, you know, I think my dad got maybe a bison burger, um, but really great food. Um, very, very local, um, you know, locally made and, um, grown and that sort of thing. So, um, you would recommend to somebody definitely would recommend it was a good place to start and got some, you know, got some favorites, but also got to, you know, try I mean we're from Florida we love seafood right so I mean I was like I gotta see what it's like from a river right I mean (laughs) might be a little different but it was it was delicious for sure good so I mean you had a pretty busy day one is there anything left in your day or yeah that kind of wrapped up day one we were pretty tired from like I said traveling and skiing so I say you know let's move on to day two day two 
All right. So um, day two, we woke up um, and we hit up Cowboy Coffee, which is a, a coffee place, a local coffee um, place in town. Um, so we grabbed our lattes and then uh, walked around a little bit in the 10 degree weather. I didn't mention that. It was Ooh. very cold and that was warm for this time of the year. Usually it's in the negatives. So us Floridians were uh, not, not really in our paradise, I guess you could say. But um, we got to warm up at um, the Bunnery Bakery restaurant, which was where we had breakfast and we all got some omelets, some more coffee, um, very good way to fuel ourselves for the rest of the day. Um, and then after that, um, we always like to spend the morning or afternoon whenever we get to a new place, just, you know, walking around town. I know it's not that exciting, but, you know, popping in and out of shops and looking at different restaurants, reading the little um, historic stands that they have in the in the city square. Um, yeah, I mean, I love that yeah. stuff. Is it is Jackson Hole kind of like uh, one of those cute little towns? that you can kind of do that the nice shops the nice little restaurants stuff like that oh definitely and that's actually it's one of my favorite towns or cities um especially in the west but in, really in the whole country i just love the culture and the vibe that you get there um you know it's very you can walk everywhere it's very small but it's also you know there's lots of different stores that are booming i mean you have everything from you know ski clothes to um you know hiking clothes to the fur coat stores which were very overly priced and expensive because it was real fur and I mean you walked in there and it was just rows and rows of just fur that was all they sold in there and I'd never seen anything like it and I was like oh well maybe I could find a, a faux fur jacket and just you know that would be a cool you know little souvenir and you know, the lowest price one in there was like still a thousand or something dollars. Mm. So, you know, I, I took that as an L for that, <laughs> for that <laughs> idea. And we decided to move on. Um, but I love getting, you know, getting a feel for a city by just, you know, going in and out of stores, talking to the people who work there. Um, everyone was just so nice and you could tell they just loved where they lived. And, um, I mean, how could you not? It was beautiful and, um, you know, lots of things to do and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, while we were walking around, we did stop at the iconic antler, um, arch that they have in the city town, uh, town center, um, park. And so it's, it's actually where our Christmas card was taken that year. So, um, so kind of you know two two birds with one stone there but nice. <laughs> so we we definitely uh we asked someone to take a photo of us under this arch which is literally what it sounds like it's just an arch for uh full of antlers um from people who've i guess donated them from you know when they were hunting hunting a deer elk or whatever it might be so pretty cool place and um definitely an icon for the for the city center for sure so you see a lot of people taking pictures with that yeah, yeah. that was definitely definitely one of the more tourist uh, tourist uh, spots i guess you could say in the city for sure but um for the most part you know you didn't see a ton of you know tourists probably because that year or that time of the year is you know either you're living there you're skiing or you know you're crazy like us for going in that that crazy cold weather so <laughs> <laughs> but um but no it was it was awesome and we had a great little afternoon um you know just snapping some photos doing a little shopping getting a feel for the town cool um so after that sightseeing and taking some christmas pictures with antlers um <laughs> what, what do you guys have left in your day yeah so um the rest of the day was actually one of my favorite parts of the whole trip um although i think i said that about every single day um, <laughs> um but we actually headed just slightly out of town um to the mill iron ranch um so this is again a historic ranch that's been family owned it's been around for i think it was at least you know into the early 90s and so 
um, you know, it's a working, uh, working ranch. And during the summer they, you know, have guests that come and that sort of thing. And, um, my family loves, uh, guest ranches or dude ranches. And so, um, you know, we always like to check out these kind of places. However, in the off season, when it's, there's snow on the ground and you can't ride a horse and you can't really stay there comfortably, um, they offer sleigh rides, which was so cool because I only heard about this in Christmas movies and that sort of thing. I mean, we definitely don't have anything like that here in Florida. So, um, so we got to go on this awesome, huge wooden sleigh that was pulled by two Belgian draft horses. And I mean, they were all decked out and, you know, all of their beautiful red and, you know, the, 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 um, the tack and everything like that just so, like you would see like on a commercial oh or TV yeah or i was like oh man the budweiser horses are somewhere around here or something <laughs> so it was it was beautiful and the ranch is actually set in the middle of um a couple mountains so it's really in a valley and um this time of the year they let all of their horses go out to graze well graze the snow i guess um so there, I mean, hundreds of horses that we got to ride by. Um, they they had all of the wagons uh, <laughs> stocked up with hot chocolate and uh, blankets, thankfully. So we were taken care of in that aspect for sure. And it was kind of golden hour, which, um, you know, is one of my favorite times of the day. And so the sun was just hitting the mountains and it made it so, you know, so many pretty colors. And um, we even saw some wildlife also just on our, you know, quick sleigh ride. And um, we saw, I think we saw a moose and maybe definitely a pack of deer for sure, um, kind of up on the mountain a little bit. So it was really surreal and, uh, definitely, definitely was an awesome visual to have. And, you know, we were cold. So that brings us to the next part of the evening, um, is they have this huge, um, historic old barn and inside it's not just any other barn. It's actually lined. The walls are lined with all of this, um, I guess taxidermy, but all of these different animals and they have all of these, um, uh, awards and articles about, you know, hunting and that sort of thing. And they have, uh, I guess, I don't know, a bunch of old, uh, saddles that some of the family members had won in rodeos and that sort of thing. So just everywhere you look, there was a different story to hear about. So, um, you know, that definitely occupied us for a little bit while they were cooking our steaks. And so part of the evening is you do the sleigh ride and then you come inside and, um, the family cooks you these amazing steaks. I mean, right there in front of you, um, you know, baked potatoes and vegetables and all of that. I mean, it was just unbelievable. It was now, so do good. You know, is, the, is that with cattle that's like raised on the ranch? Do you know? That's a good question. Um, so I, they didn't say anything about that. I didn't actually see any cattle um, when I was there on the ranch. I'm sure to be considered a ranch, there were some. Um, but I, I know, you know, a lot of times they'll raise cattle on ranches and maybe that ranch doesn't use the meat from those cattle, but they will sell it off to someone who will use it. So I don't know if that was the same sort of situation there or not, but either way, the steaks were amazing. And, (laughs) um, and it was also cool because, you know, the family would walk around and sit down with you and talk with you, tell, tell you their stories and everything like that. And I just think it's such a cool experience to, you know, hear from people firsthand on, um, you know, what, how they, how they live and how they grew up and that sort of thing. So Nice. So they are cooking your food. Yeah. Um, 
how do you get to dinner? And then I guess explain dinner. Yeah. So, um, also in the barn are just a bunch of, um, you know, family style picnic tables. Um, and that's, you know, majority of what else is in the barn. And so you kind of just, uh, you know, wait your turn, you go through the line, you can get all, all of the goods you sit down. Um, and so you actually eat in this barn and then they started having live music as well. So they had a local band who plays, you know, every Saturday night or whenever it was. And, um, so that was really cool too, to hear some, I guess, country favorites from them. And, um, you know, we didn't have any karaoke opportunities, which I was kind of, you know, bummed about, but I think that would have been an also, you know, also a fun part of it if they had offered that. So (laughs) yeah, maybe a suggestion for them. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, there we go. A little shout out right there. (laughs) (laughs) Boost, boost those, uh, those, uh, that tourism, I guess. So, yeah. Cool. So the food was good. Atmosphere was was good. Atmosphere was great. You know, 10 out of 10 would recommend. This was an awesome excursion. I mean, again, 20 minutes maybe outside of uh, Jackson and pretty drive there and uh, snowy drive there actually. But yeah, definitely would recommend. So what happens uh, after you guys eat dinner? So, I mean, my family, we, we go to bed pretty early. So that actually ended the night. Um, it was pretty late because we did do the sleigh ride and then dinner and everything like that. So um, that kind of concluded our day. Um, and then, you know, uh, you know, we had great memories from that night and great food and definitely went into that food coma like I talked about on the last podcast. So <laughs> Nothing wrong with a little food coma. Quick break here to mention Kaleidoscope Adventures. Kaleidoscope Adventures is the name you need to know when it comes to student group travel. Whether your group is a band, language club, senior class, choir, or anything else, Kaleidoscope Adventures can handle all the details on your next trip. If you know any teachers or coaches that are looking to travel with their program, let them know about Kaleidoscope Adventures. The truth is, planning a student group trip isn't easy. So let the KA team take the burden off of your shoulders when it comes to arranging the details of your trip. Visit Kaleidoscope Adventures online at mykatrip.com to see what they can do and how they can help your program have an amazing travel experience. Visit mykatrip.com. That's M-Y-K-A-T-R-I-P.com. Perfect. So day number three, this is New Year's Eve. So um, this is, you know, relevant for the time of year it is right now. Um, uh, So the next morning we woke up early, we grabbed our cowboy coffees. I was their number one customer, I think that weekend. So, (laughs) (laughs) so we grabbed those coffees um, and we were actually picked up uh, from a van that was taking us on a wildlife safari um, and, you know, Wyoming style, of course. So I have, I have been on an African safari, but this wildlife safari in Wyoming was definitely a little bit different. Um, however, we did see a ton of wildlife and, you know, it's, it's awesome that you can still see wildlife that time of year because, um, I have been to Yellowstone and Wyoming during the summer months. And I mean, you see wildlife, wildlife everywhere, but you know, typically during the cold weather months, a lot of, a lot of the animals are hibernating or seeking shelter, whatever it might be. So this was a really cool part of the trip as well. Um, so our first stop is we headed into the National Elk Refuge, which is just right outside Jackson. You actually see it on your way um, coming in from the airport. Um, and I mean, it's it's what you would expect. It's just a whole, you know, fields and fields of elk. I mean, these are massive packs of elk that just roam this land and um, they migrate from one part of the land to the other throughout the winter months. Um, just, you know, looking for 
um, food and that sort of thing. And so, um, really, really cool, cool to watch them just, you know, doing their thing, grazing. Um, and you know, along the way we were stopped by another animal on the road and (laughs) we were very, we were very taken back at first because these were bighorn sheep. However, they stopped traffic because they actually like to lick the salt off of the cars um, because, you know, when it snows, you put salt on the ground to melt the snow. And so when you drive, it gets on the side of the cars. So, you know, they literally will come up next to your car and just start licking all the salt off the car and you can't really move or else you're going to you know, scare them or run them over or their horn's going to hit the side of the car door. So yeah. you have to be pretty, you know, pretty careful with that. But it was kind of funny. We were like, what do we do? You know, do we just wait or were they like intimidating or was it just like, you know, not intimidating. I mean, they were big. I mean, they were bigger than I would have expected. And, you know, kind of just on the side of the road, you're like, wow, they have, you know, a lot of guts to come up to us. Like, <laughs> what's going to happen if we were outside the vehicle? So, um, so, you know, not intimidating, but you just kind of, you know, you're still in a wildlife, you know, refuge and everything. So you kind of just have to wait your turn until you can continue on the roads because, of course, this is their home before it's ours. So, um, you know, had to respect that for sure. Yeah, it's a great lesson too to to remind us that mm-hmm. you know that's their land. We're guests. We're just Definitely. like be taking part in a little safari. So you know, just be patient and then wait our turn. And then when they are done licking uh, the salt off your car, then you exactly. can go. Exactly, uh, completely agreed. And so, um, so that was a really cool part to kind of start the start like start the wildlife safari off um you know as we continued we actually were lucky because we did go with a guide and he um he pulled us over to the side at one point and took out this really cool um like high-tech telescope binocular sort of contraption I guess on a on a tripod and so we got to sit there and he found a group of elk and he got to you know um, laser in on them and we just watched them and it was so cool and he showed us how to take pictures with your cell phone or camera right through the lens and so I have some really cool pictures that is you know it looks like you're looking through a telescope or binoculars and it's just you know beautiful vivid pictures of these you know elk and you know, as we were looking through the binoculars or telescope, whatever, whatever it was exactly, um, we did spot some moose. And so moose are one of the coolest creatures I think to see out West because they are massive and you just don't expect that because you just think, oh, it's, you know, they're part of the, I don't know, deer elk family. But I mean, these moose are massive and they run very fast. And, um, so (laughs) those would be a little bit more intimidating, I think, than the bighorn sheep for sure. So we did spot one of those. So we actually got out of the car and started walking towards them, which might be frowned upon. I don't know, but we were with the guide. So (laughs) we thought, let's try it. So, um, you know, we continued, we continued walking slowly, quietly, you know, you're in the snow, it's also getting to be a little dusk outside. And it's just such a cool, surreal uh, experience. And, you know, we got to observe them and, you know, watch them. And they were, I think there were maybe three of them in like a little pack. And, um, you know, they didn't come towards us, they didn't really run away, they just sort of did their thing too. And I just think, you know, one of the coolest things about going out west is to just like observe what you see. So instead of, you know, always worrying about the photo and always worrying about, you know, oh, let me, you know, post this for later, whatever it might be. It's just awesome just to sit there and watch and just observe a creature who is in his natural habitat and how they eat and how they move and that sort of thing. So that was a really cool part of the trip. Yeah, that's interesting. Because if you, 
you have to find that balance between like living in the moment and capturing mm-hmm. the moment. And if you're too busy capturing the moment, then you don't get to really experience it. Exactly. So. Completely, completely agree. So we, we love that part of the trip. And, um, you know, I love seeing wildlife. I actually recently just went to Montana and uh, another part of the, the West that I love. And, you know, we didn't really get to see very much wildlife. I was expecting bears and elk and deer, pretty much, you know, all the stuff that we saw in, in Wyoming and we didn't get to see that much. So I was, you know, I was thinking back to this trip and how much wildlife we actually did see. Um, and I'll talk about one other animal that we saw the next day a little bit later, but, um, I just, I love that. I love to see all of the wildlife out there. So yeah, that was cool. Cool. So you do the safari. Um, yep. Is there anything else in the safari that you wanted to mention or talk about? Or No, I mean, I think that kind of wrapped up the safari. Again, it was kind of getting, uh, you know, dusk out. And so, you know, it was beautiful. The mountains, um, the Grand Teton mountain range is actually right there in Jackson, Wyoming. And so um, those are, I mean, very I- iconic uh, mountain range, uh, part of the, I believe they're part of the Rockies, maybe I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, but they're, they're really cool mountain range, um, very steep. That's what they're known for. And so very difficult to hike. I think that, you know, one of the most difficult hikes really to do in the country, if not the world from what I've heard. Um, so we definitely didn't try that, but, Mm -hmm. um, but they were beautiful that time of the day. And so we, you know, we did take a couple pictures of those, uh, purple and, you know, white colors that you have, um, you know, reflecting on the mountains. And then we headed back into town for the main attraction because it was new year's eve okay so (laughs) so we headed back into town we got dressed up it was new year's eve you're excited to celebrate ring in the new year that was back in uh 2018 so we were ringing in 2018 just how we're ringing in 2021 um and so uh got dressed up we headed to our bubbly happy hour um little champagne toast to uh celebrate and um we went to a uh a dinner place called gather um you know lots of different options I think one of us had sushi, one of us had, you know, um, a a chicken dish and one of us had some more of the, uh, rainbow trout and the bison, you know, you have to try and all of those uh, local favorites. So we had a great dinner and then we grabbed all of our coats because it was about to get very cold, but very cool at the same time. So, um, we headed back into, um, the center of town and then started walking towards the base of the mountain. Now, at this point, it was getting close to midnight and all of the lights actually went off on the slope. So, you know, usually they have them lit up and you can, you know, look at all of the different slopes and the ski, you know, ski uh, resort and everything. And this time it wasn't. It was pitch black and we were just, you know, waiting and waiting. What's going to happen? So we head, you know, we head over there, it's almost midnight and all of a sudden you just start seeing these little red lanterns and they're just um, on the ski, you know, the ski lift just going one by one up the ski lift until they were all lined up at the top. And then we looked down on our phone, we started the countdown and then right at midnight, they started skiing down in sort of a um, zigzag form. And it was just the most magical, awesome (laughs) experience ever because I mean, so quiet, so cold, but yet there were these little lights that were just kind of skiing along, you know, in pitch black up on the mountain. And it was just such a cool experience. And that's something that they do every year. 
Yes. So again, like I was saying earlier, not your typical New Year's destination, um, but this is something that they're known for. And so this was one of the reasons that we wanted to go to see this. Um, And, you know, I was definitely not disappointed for sure. That's really, really neat. How many people like were out there like looking looking on? I mean, everyone in everyone in town, everyone who was visiting, everyone who lived there. I mean, everyone came out of their houses and you just were all standing on the sidewalk just admiring this mountain. And, um, you know, everyone was I don't know, shouting and cheering for the new year. And it was just really cool to celebrate it with, you know, other people just kind of, you know, happening along and that sort of thing. And, you know, it was definitely cold. I will say after, after they finished on the mountain, we were like, all right, <laughs> that's, that's all she wrote. So <laughs> yeah. headed back to get, you know, get to get warm, but definitely a very cool experience. And I would for sure recommend that for anyone who does, you know, really appreciate that kind of um, new year celebration. Yeah, that's really cool. And it's a good refreshing way to switch up because, you know, a lot of New Year celebrations are the same thing no matter where you are, you know, get together, fireworks, you know, food, drinks, but this is a little different. So that that's really, really Definitely. cool. Yeah, it was really, really cool. And, you know, I think celebrating the New Year in a big city or something like that, too. I mean, that's always fun and be around as many people as possible. I mean, right now that kind of sounds a little scary and crazy because <laughs> because of COVID. I mean, I, I look back on you know, movies where New Year celebrations were going on. And I, I'm, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so close to each other. Where are your masks? And, and then I realized <laughs> that that was, you know, pre-pandemic, I guess. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a great experience um, for sure. And it was a good way to, you know, start the new year. And uh, we had an exciting first day of the new year. And, um, you know, we'll talk about that um, as we, as we get to it. Day four. Day number four. Um, So this was our last full day. um, And, you know, we had to also uh, celebrate the new year by going back to the Bunnery, which was our favorite brunch place that we did find. So headed back there. um, And then we headed out on our last big excursion, which was snowmobiling. And this was an awesome experience. Have Um, you ever done that before? I have not. So this was really my first time, I guess, experiencing snow this amount of snow and being able to do kind of, um, you know, those winter activities. Um, I, I lived in Kentucky for five years, but you didn't really ski or go snowmobiling or anything like that, but we did get snow for sure. Um, so yep, we headed out, we met the guide, um, got onto our snowmobiles and the area that we were doing this in was a little bit outside of Jackson. So the terrain was slightly different, which was pretty cool. So, you know, instead of the, typical Wyoming, you know, sort of greenery and, you know, fields and everything like that. This was definitely a lot more um, rocky. It was more like red rock too. So it was a really cool kind of switch up from what we had been seeing for um, the rest of the trip. And so, you know, we meandered our way through different valleys and um, ravines and all of this. And we, (laughs) we even got to try some, some tricks on the snowmobile, which at first you get very nervous about. And then once you do a couple, you're like, yeah, I could do this. I could be one of these, you know, off-road, you know, motorbike. (laughs) I was like, bring it on. Let's do it. So it was really, really great and was going flawlessly. And then, you know, we come around a turn and we noticed that the group that was also part of my family's group was, um, had, they disappeared. So we were like, oh no, where'd they go? So we kind of signaled to the, to the guide and, you know, they had to circle back around and they said, okay, just wait here, um, to my family, just wait here. I'm going to go see what's, what's going on. So they, you know, went back to the end of the group and this was, this was probably one of the coolest experience ever as we're just sitting there 
again, golden hour, sun is setting, you know, we're just, we're just admiring the beauty around us. <laughs> we look down into this ravine, this nice little stream. And, you know, again, it's freezing outside and we see this massive wolf and oh. it was this massive white and gray wolf. I mean, not a coyote, not a fox. Like this was a wolf. This was a big, big animal. And it's just running along the ravine. I have like goosebumps right now talking about it. Cause I just remember it so well. Um, so we're like, oh my gosh, look at that and pointing it out and we're being quiet because we're like, don't come this way. <laughs> so it's running along and then it must have seen or heard us because it stopped and it just stared us all straight in the eyes and just like looked us up and down, not, no lie. And then it just sort of turned away and, and continued running. And it was just the most unbelievable, surreal thing ever. And a little frightening, honestly, <laughs> but it was so cool. I mean, I don't even think I have a photo of it because... It was one of those opportunities to just live in the moment rather than capturing it, even though it would have been cool to give you proof that I did see this massive wolf. <laughs> but <laughs> um, so so it was it was just so cool. And thankfully, the group behind us, everyone was OK. It was just a, a little slight crash back there. But, um, you know, they, oh, so they missed it then. They, they did s- miss it. I know oh, we told man. them about it, but we you know, of course, they just crashed. So we weren't trying to rub it in their faces. Yeah. But yeah, so. No injuries, though? They were good? No injuries, yep. And, you know, they they usually are pretty prepared for these kind of things um, there, especially with these kind of winter activities and um, excursions that can sometimes, unfortunately, go wrong if you're not taking the right safety precautions or whatever. But everyone was okay, and, uh, you know, I think they left actually one behind, or maybe they towed the snowmobile that had crashed, and, um, you know, we headed, headed back to where we started. But that was just a really cool way to, you know, end the trip with that, with that vision, I guess. Yeah, and I think from based on what I know, I think you're pretty lucky because, like, to see a wolf is pretty rare. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a rare thing. People see bear quite frequently, mm-hmm. moose once in a while, elk, of course, deer a lot. But to see a wolf is not so common. I mean, did you... Did Definitely. the guy give you that feedback too and, and stuff? Oh, yeah. And we heard that a lot, that that was just, a, yeah, a very uncommon occurrence. And, um, you know, the guide was like, man, I, I wish I had seen that too. And we're like, yep, yeah, like we were like, we were just sitting here and all of a sudden we just see this, you know, massive animal just come running by. It was. Yeah. How far away do you think the wolf was from you guys? So that's a good question. Um, it, I would say probably like. 50 to 100 yards but it was also down in a ravine like I said so we were kind of on the side of the ravine not too close to the edge of course but um and we kind of were looking down again the red rock and everything with the with the golden light was beautiful but you know so we weren't too close but I mean he could make up that ground very quickly so (laughs) we definitely weren't making any kind of sudden movements or um you know anything to scare him but uh but you know it was it was pretty cool how it was down in a ravine I don't know if he was getting water or, or you know looking for food or whatever it was but he was definitely on the prowl for sure that is really, really yeah. cool. <laughs> cool. So you have this great uh, snowmobiling experience. You see a yep. wolf. Um, what's next? So after that, um, it was our last night in Jackson, um, our last meal. So we went to none other than the Million Dollar Saloon, which is a town historic favorite as well. Um, you know, one of those Wild West saloons where you have the, you know, double doors oh, that kind of flip awesome. open, you know, you've seen in the old, old West Western movies. And um, so you got to go through that and they had live music and square dancing and line dancing. And um, I mean, the food was awesome, you know, just very, you know, hearty 
pretty chilly and burgers and um you know of course we had to get up and do some dancing too that was that was something that my family loves to do we love line dancing so um, so it, it was a really cool way to end the trip and to be with the people who, who we've, you know, come to learn so much about and everything in the city. So, um, very, very good way to close out the trip for sure. Great. And then I'm assuming you guys leave the next morning or? Yep. Left pretty early the next morning. I mean, when you're coming from the West, you get up pretty early because of the time change to fly back. So you're not getting in too late unless you're taking a red eye, of course. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great trip and, um, the airport is pretty close to town, which is actually nice. Um, a lot of the Western, you know, towns that are popular destinations, a lot of times you have to fly into a main airport and drive at least an hour or two away just to get to, you know, ski resort or little snow town, whatever it might be. So got pretty lucky for that. Yeah. And I think um, I actually read somewhere uh, that that airport is the biggest in Wyoming or the most frequent traffic wise, maybe I would, I would probably agree with that. Cause you're right on the edge of Yellowstone also, um, which we, we had done when I was a kid. Um, so we had done, you know, Yellowstone during the summer. So we actually had gone to Jackson before then. Um, it wasn't our first time. So we had sort of seen it during the summer and then also during the winter. So it is one of those places where they do have, you know, tourists and visitors, pretty much all all of year round because they have the you know the national park along with all of the um, ski attractions as well nice uh now a lot of people i think when they think of visiting uh you know yellowstone the tetons or maybe mm-hmm. the surrounding area they think you know late spring summer maybe obviously you went in a much colder time right would you recommend that for people to maybe check it out in the winter yeah, I mean, definitely. And I think that the fact that we had done it um, during the summer before, I think we got to see, you know, the, like we, like I said, the National Park. We actually went to another, um, you know, old West town called Cody, Wyoming, um, mm-hmm. named after Bill Cody. Um, and so that was a pretty cool, you know, historic town as well and stuff. So I loved going during, I think we, yeah, we went about spring, summer. Or so the weather was, you know, warm and animals are out. We saw bears and we saw, you know, moose and elk and deer and everything so definitely would recommend for sure going um you know for maybe more an extended period of time if you want to do the national park and um you know other excursions um you know definitely would recommend that and then as far as winter um I I loved it I mean I'm from Florida so people might think I'm crazy but I like to go away and get into the cold weather you know temperatures and snowy snowy uh towns like you know we were in so I I like that I think it's cool because it switches up from our you know December 80 degree weather that we're having today so um so yeah I would definitely recommend that as well um and I will say too uh I mentioned that we had just gone back from Montana a couple months ago Um, Montana, you know, borders Wyoming. So Jackson was probably, I think we looked it up, maybe about a five or six hour drive to where we were in Montana. Um, We went to Glacier National Park. And so, um, but we went in the fall time in October. So it was right when the leaves were changing. And I know that it's very similar in Wyoming that, you know, the same time of the year, the leaves start to change and, you know, you start to have some of the animals go into hibernation and stuff, but just a really pretty time to go and a lot less tourists because most people think you should only go during the summer months because of, you know, the national park or the winter months because of the skiing. So that was a cool observation, even though that was a little bit of a different part of the the country, I guess. So neat. Um, I, Man, I love this trip because I feel like me personally, I'm a little more of the outdoor type traveler Mm -hmm. than the city traveler. I mean, I love both. Um, But I think, you know, a destination like Jackson Hole is is so cool because you can kind of enjoy the town and the historic things about it, like the saloon and the the shopping and stuff. 
But then, like, you did so many cool excursions. You oh, got yeah. to see a lot of animals. Like, would you say this is somebody who can maybe get the a trip for somebody that can get the best of both worlds? Like, you know, the city mm-hmm. aspect and then also, like, the outdoors aspect. I would definitely say that for sure because I'm, I'm the same way. I, I love the, you know, the Wild West. I mean, one of our family's, uh, you know, traditional vacations we go on is actually out west in Arizona anyway. So I love that. I love kind of being being in, uh, off the beaten path. But um, at the same time, I also like to have some kind of, you know, civilization as bad as it sounds. So I think you can definitely get both in this location. Um, you know, the, the downtown isn't, you know, skyscrapers, obviously, but there's enough going on where there's always something to do or a museum to go see or, you know, a shop to pop into. So I think this is definitely the best of both worlds kind of trip. Awesome. Well, Anne, thanks so much for sharing your experience in Jackson Hole. Um, can you remind people where to find you on Instagram and, and wherever else you might be? Sure, definitely. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure I actually have a picture on my Instagram of, uh, of this trip. So um, uh, you can find me, um, like I said, on Instagram. Um, it's actually called Travel Anywhere. So I can spell that. It's T-R-A-V-E-L underscore Anywhere. So A-N-N-I-E-W-H-E-R-E. So Travel Anywhere. Um, And, you know, last time we talked about, you know, I'm still in the process of trying to figure out either making, you know, a potential website or a blog of some sort to kind of talk about more of my stories um, and experiences traveling. But as far as right now, the the Instagram is the go-to spot. You can see a lot of the places that I've been to. Um, My recent trips to Montana, that also is... um, you know, highlighted there. And, uh, I post quite frequently about places, um, I'm going in the future. I actually just posted a couple on, you know, the different, the different spots that I'm planning on going, you know, hopefully COVID, um, COVID, uh, you know, permitting, I guess, um, for the first couple months of, um, of 2021 too. So, yep. Perfect. So that's travel underscore anywhere. And thanks so much again for coming on the show. And, um, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Thank you. I'm glad to be back here and hope to talk again soon. A big DBE thank you to Anne. Please make sure to give her a follow on Instagram at travel underscore anywhere. And don't hesitate to reach out to her for travel tips or any trip planning advice. Destinations Beyond Expectations is also on Instagram. So give the show a follow on there and go check out Destinations Beyond Expectations on Facebook as well. You can support the show by becoming a patron on Patreon rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts, and telling your friends. Make sure to check the show notes for more info on Kaleidoscope Adventures, because if you know a teacher that's looking to travel with their program, you have to tell them about Kaleidoscope Adventures. Well, that's all I've got for this week. Thank you for tuning in. Have a very happy and successful 2021, and I will talk to you soon. Destinations Beyond Expectations is brought to you by Kaleidoscope Adventures. If you need help planning your next student group trip, Kaleidoscope Adventures is the name you need to know. Visit them at www.mykatrip.com or give them a call at 800-774-7337 when you're ready to plan your next school trip. Again, that's www.mykatrip.com or call them at 800-774-7337.